welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi everyone, I'm Sue Omenson. Now that winter weather has come to our area in northeastern Illinois, it's a great time to hear from our Nature Center manager, Angelique Harshman, about what animals and birds remain here over winter and how we can view them or see signs of them. We'll learn how different temperatures and amounts of snow affect the wildlife and how we can help protect them. Welcome back to the podcast, Angelique. Thank you, Sue. (laughs) So last spring, for one of our podcast episodes, you and I went on a wildflower walk in the woods right here at Knocknoles Nature Center um, out out in Knocknoles Park. And you identified many beautiful and unusual uh, native spring wildflowers. Well, now it's winter. We don't have any snow yet, but it can be fun and interesting to look for signs of wildlife still here in our area. So what are some varieties of animals and birds that people might see if they go on a hike through the woods? Sure. So we certainly do have a number of animals that you can still see here in the wintertime. And what's nice about the winter is the leaves have fallen off the trees, and so you can actually see the animals a lot easier in in some instances, although some of them might look a little more camouflaged to look for Mm -hmm. movement. Um, So we've got coyote here. We've got white-tailed deer. Um, You'll see a wide variety of birds that stay here in the winter, like the red cardinal, Mm -hmm. um, northern cardinal. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have goldfinches that are beautiful yellow color. Even bluebirds are here in the um, winter as well. Bluebirds, really? They'll occasionally, sometimes they might go south. Uh, Robins, too, they aren't always migratory as long as they can find like fruits and things like that to eat. um, They will. So actually, this time of year, animals do have to deal with the cold weather, and that also means less food. Um, So we don't have enough sunlight for things to grow, and it's very cold. And so then you get animals that normally eat plants, um, you have to kind of adapt like Mm -hmm. the robins might eat those those fruits that they're finding those dried fruits and um, some animals like the birds that eat insects like our barn swallows left at the end of August they were already gone so so any birds that are eating a lot of insects so you've got quite a few animals that are migrating and going south to warmer climes so they can still find enough food Mm -hmm. we have some animals uh, in our area that hibernate Um, we don't have black bears we don't have those anymore in our area but we do have groundhogs and they will, you may have seen them before, you know, building up and eating and eating and eating and eating all summer long <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that they can live off that fat during the winter months. Um, and they're actually true hibernators where their heart rate goes way down, their okay. body temperature goes way down. Um, another animal that I see in my yard and we have around here are chipmunks. Mm-hmm. And I generally don't see them during the winter, but they they don't go into complete hibernation. They're storing food in their underground, uh, underground burrows, probably okay. waking up to eat periodically. Um, and I've heard some people say they've seen them up in the winter, but I tend to not see them again until the spring. And then, of course, there are a wide variety of animals that stay during the winter. And, of mm-hmm. course, they have to deal with that cold weather right. and the lack of food. And um, so a lot of them uh, put on downy coats. They get different <laughs> types of fur, like the uh, the white-tailed deer get a wavy type of kind of hollow uh 
type of hair or fur that helps trap heat. You've probably seen birds in the wintertime that look real fluffy. They almost mm-hmm. get like goose bumps right, and right. puff up and they're getting more feathers too. So anybody that stays because it's going to have to, you know, adapt and be able to find food. Now the tree squirrels around here, of course, you probably saw them furiously um, burying food that they're going to be able to find throughout the winter. Okay. I've heard that squirrels bury their nuts, but then they they don't remember where they are. (laughs) Right. There's only a certain percentage that that it depends kind of on the species that they're going to be able to find. So, of course, that allows that whatever they bury to germinate and grow into a new tree, like an acorn growing into an oak tree. So (laughs) that's an important part of the, the ecology, the ecosystems. What are, what are some other animals like uh, rabbits or I mm-hmm. don't know? Yes, we have got cottontail rabbits here. Okay. And uh, of course, the squirrels, um, raccoons are in our area, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, along with raccoons and uh, opossums and skunks, they will kind of during really cold and snowy uh, mm-hmm. sections of the winter um, might take naps. Okay. Like a mini hibernation? Yeah, yeah, not true hibernators, but are just kind of hunkering down. Even the tree squirrels might do that, Mm. um, just to hunker down when it's really cold or really snowy. Um, But there are some animals who are constantly active, like foxes and coyotes are still out there having to find food. Um, The deer, the white-tailed deer are doing that too. And something that people may not think about, and it's kind of a, can be a pain for us shoveling snow, but actually snow for wildlife provides a blanket. Um, and it's like a insulating blanket on the ground. And mm-hmm. so anything that's under the ground, that, that temperature kind of stays the same at ground level and doesn't freeze. So that helps a lot of smaller critters like voles and mice oh, sure. and, yeah. and things like that. Um, And this is a great time of year, especially if you get a dusting of snow like the night before, to go out the next day and look for evidence of, since we have a lot of nocturnal animals, Mm -hmm. look for evidence that they've been there by looking for their footprints or their tracks in the snow. Uh, I think you've um, done a um, a park talk blog for us too, showing pictures of some of those tracks. Definitely. So yes, um, it's you kind of base it on the number of toes that the animals have and the kind of the pattern that they'll leave. Um, for instance, fox tracks can look kind of like a small dog, um, but then they tend to walk almost in a straight line. They put their feet okay, in the next one in footstep. Front of another. Yeah, mm-hmm. as whereas like our dogs kind of tend to run all over the place oh, <laughs> and willy nilly. Uh, and yeah, so you can tell, you know, which direction they're going, maybe what happened. Um, if you come across some rabbit tracks and some coyote tracks, and all of a sudden the mm. rabbit tracks stop, yeah, that kind <laughs> or of maybe tells they're a, story. a little f- way further away, it leaped away from that coyote. Um, so it's like a track story that you can interpret when you're out there. So even if you don't see them, that's one really fun way to oh, kind yeah. of uh, experience nature in winter. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, being a detective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what What are some of the animals that are nocturnal? Actually, quite a few of our animals are nocturnal or crepuscular, and I love that word. It's basically animals that are active more at dawn and dusk, and deer are crepuscular, so you'll see them more active then. Um, Coyotes, as soon as we're in our house, in our houses at night, they're going to even run through our neighborhood. Same with foxes. I've seen foxes Mm. in my (laughs) subdivision right here in Naperville. Um, Raccoons are nocturnal. Uh, Skunks, of course, are nocturnal. Mm -hmm. Um, What's uh, happening right now that's um, 
something that people may be able to experience themselves in addition to looking for footprints is if you live in a neighborhood or close to a park with tall trees, mm-hmm. like kind of mature trees, great horned owls are breeding right now. So you can hear them call. And they'll actually, the female and male will call to each other and sometimes they even duet. And they are breeding, and so that means they're going to be nesting in January with babies. Really? That's, why that time of year? <laughs> they're going to have eggs. Yep. Well, there's a reason, yes, because they um, lay those eggs in January. The babies hatch, depends upon the species, but usually in about a month or so. Okay. Then they're raising those babies. And then by the time those um, young owlets are getting ready to fledge to learn to fly and hunt on their own, it's springtime, oh, and okay. there's lots of other Uh, wildlife babies Mm. that they can practice catching okay (laughs) so that works to their advantage we actually have we live in a neighborhood with tall trees and we've heard owls um all um all summer long actually yes we're calling to each other they can do that too Mm -hmm. they have territories and we've actually here at at knocknell's um park we've gone out and on occasion and actually had an owl prowl in november and there's a young owl that's still, he, he's screeching. So baby owls screech to have their parents feed them. And it's like fall. It's like he should be on his own, own now. But I guess right. he's figured out if he still screeches like a baby, they'll uh, still attend to his needs and feed him. So we definitely have them here. And oh, I've heard them, great horned owls in my neighborhood as well. Oh, yeah. I, I really love listening for owls. That's fun. Yeah, that deep, um, deep hoot of the great horned owl is, is beautiful and they are nocturnal as well aren't definitely they? yeah mm-hmm. and a lot of owls do tend to come out kind of right when it's dusk mm-hmm. so it depends upon the species mm-hmm. are there other owls common to this area besides the great horned owl mm-hmm. we have screech owls eastern screech owls okay. and um, also barred owls and oh. they tend to probably wouldn't be in your suburban areas tend to be in mm. more dense kind of forests like our forest preserves or our parks that are out here okay and they're the ones that kind of sound like they're saying who cooks for you who cooks for you all when they're out there hooting that's and cool. i think they tend to be more nighttime and a little more nocturnal okay um one thing that's interesting about those uh, two other owls i mentioned though they can be prey for the great horn <gasps> owl whoa i have so. heard that the great horn owl is a terrifically fierce hunter they are yeah they've been uh, an analogy that's been made with them is t- that they've been called tigers with wings so oh my. they're very <laughs> Yeah, the pressure of those talons is equivalent to like the pressure that a wolf exerts when it chomps down on its prey. And that's what the the owls are using with those talons. They've been known to eat just about anything. They'll eat skunks. That smell doesn't bother them. So, so yeah, we do have, I haven't heard a screech owl in quite a while. But again, if there's great horned owls out hooting, you're not going to hear the screech owl (laughs) in that area. Just because, you know, they don't want to become the great horned owl's next meal. I guess not. (laughs) Wow. Um, So where are some locations at the Naperville Park District where people could go on a hike to see some winter wildlife? So definitely here at Knocknoles Park. It's it's one of our bigger parks. Um, lots of natural uh, habitats, different types of habitats, you know, mm. meadows and prairies and woodlands and wetlands. Um, I would say Seeger Park is another kind of hidden gem. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some, you know, other places that have like Wildflower Park has a, a strip of kind of prairie plants around a pond. So you might see some very interesting uh, migrating waterfowl, um, okay. even your neighborhood. So as I mentioned, you know, you might you right. know, hear the great horned owls if you've got a kind of a older neighborhood with tall trees and um, any of the forest preserves um, that are in the area as well. Okay. 
Yeah, there's uh, DuPage River Park has a trail through mm-hmm. both woods and some wetlands. Mm-hmm. So that might be a good one, too. Yeah, one thing you can do for in the wintertime is if you hear a bunch of crows, if you're walking in the woods and you hear a bunch of crows cawing, um, they could be doing what's called mobbing. Mm. And they could be mobbing a sleeping great horned owl. So kind of look around and, and see if you can see a silhouette. You know, This would be during the daytime okay. uh, of an owl sitting in a tree trying to sleep while the crows are... <laughs> Pestering it. <laughs> so they're just, they're not out to attack the owl, just to annoy the owl? Kind of, yeah. I mean, they just don't want the owl in that area. Yeah, and, okay. And you, they will do that. Other birds will do that, too, um, especially when they have babies, you know, mm-hmm. or young in mm-hmm. the nesting season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's a predatory bird, so right. they're just going <laughs> to, they don't want it there. <laughs> um, We've also got hawks in our neighborhood, and they will frighten away all the songbirds for a oh, while. Yes. <laughs> so if you're planning to uh, feed birds, which is uh, a great thing to do to kind of um, learn about the wildlife that's native to this area, um, you can do so. It's real easy to buy, you know, just a simple feeder. And the best um, seed is probably to start out with is black sunflower seeds, mm-hmm. which everybody likes. Suet is also something that's really good for birds. It's fat rendered fat with seeds mixed in and that gives them a lot of energy because they really birds have extremely high metabolism and so to you know overwinter here it's it's a challenge for some of our our feathered friends Um, but yes if you're going to feed birds at your feeder some of the smaller birds like cardinals and sparrows and goldfinches then a hawk (laughs) (laughs) might decide that it's a buffet for them so yeah so don't be too upset if that happens (laughs) Another simple way to feed birds as well, and it's something that we offer here at the Nature Center when we have like open, um, you know, events for families or, um, you know, some of our uh, other programs we offer is, and you can do this at home very easily. If you've got an evergreen tree, take one of those uh, pine cones, um, tie a string to it. Usually it's easiest where it's attached to the tree kind of at the bottom. Um, and then use peanut butter or you can use lard like Crisco. Oh, sure. Smear it all over the outside and roll it in some bird seed. And then you can take that right outside and hang it in a tree. Um, and if you do put up feeders too, the rule of thumb is it should be, if it's, you don't want it too close to your window so that mm-hmm. they fly into them. So it needs to be within three feet of your window or out 30 feet mm. from your window. Yeah. So, okay. and then it's also helps to have something around those feeders where the birds feel kind of protected, some kind of vegetation. I have a ladder, an old ladder that I put up next to mine, and they actually kind of sit on it and wait their turn to get to their feeders. Okay, or a, a big food. bush or a tree or something. Yes, a big bush or a tree, yeah. yes. If you have that located nearby, you could do that too. Okay, yeah, they do <laughs> like, kind of like to hide there. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they definitely like to hide more so than just be out in the open. Um, well, I'm so glad to learn a little bit more about um everything that we can notice when we're outside in the winter. I mean, it's a great time to take a walk. You just need to bundle up. Right. right? Yeah. Just bundle up and head out. And um, looking for tracks is really so much fun. There's a lot of resources online or there's books that you can get to help you kind of figure out what you're seeing. It is a mystery. It's like you're a track detective. You can go out there and uh, figure out the story of what happened last night. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. 
Park Talk podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.